Welcome back to this week's episode of Local Love on KUCI in Irvine. Today I'm interviewing Logan Crow, the executive director and founder of the Frida Cinema. The Frida Cinema is a not-for-profit arts organization that focuses on enriching the community through film culture and appreciation. In this interview, we talk about the ways in which the Frida Cinema engages with the community pre-COVID times and the steps the staff has taken to create a safe space during COVID times through streaming and drive-ins. As you will learn in this interview, the Frida Cinema's commitment to uplifting and connecting to the community is unparalleled. Thank you so much and enjoy the interview. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Hi guys, welcome back to Local Love on KUCI in Irvine. Today I'm here with Logan Crow from the Frida Cinema. Thank you so much for being on the show as well. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Yeah, no problem. I absolutely love the Frida Cinema. I've actually gone to it a couple of times, and it's actually been the first place that I actually watched Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, is that right? Oh, right on. Very yeah, cool. and it was really funny. When I first walked in, um, I had no idea what to expect, and yeah. I, like, I think everyone's first impression might be, is this really the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Again, this could just be me, but it was it was incredible seeing it at the Frida Cinema. It made it very, very welcoming. The community was really wonderful there. Right on. Thanks. Yeah. Definitely, I miss our Rocky Nights. That's one of the things I miss the most. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it when you guys open yeah. after quarantine. And I really want to take my partner as well as a couple of my friends down to the Frida Cinema. just makes it right different. On. Like the Frida Cinema is just, it's, there's something different about that cinema that really makes it inviting compared to a lot of the others. Thank you. I appreciate hearing that. And yeah. that's, you know, it's something we definitely strive for. So thank you. I was just wondering too, like what is the history of the Frida Cinema? So the history of the Frida, um, it's, it, it really starts with my own like love of movies and, and art houses like the Frida. Um, I've been a film lover my entire life, like literally since I was five. I just loved movies more than anything else and, um, and all kinds of movies. And as I got a little bit older, I mean, right, right around when I hit 12, 13, I started to get really into uh avant-garde and weird films and cult films and genre films and um you know um wanted to surround myself in that environment and so uh right out of college i started volunteering at hard houses specifically the egyptian up in los angeles run by a nonprofit called the american cinematheque where i really got inspired by the environment of it um you know essentially it was an organization that did what I had been doing my whole life, which is sharing movies that I discovered with people who maybe hadn't heard of them or hadn't had a chance to see them. Like I was, that's all I ever cared about was showing my friends movies. Like you gotta see this movie, you've gotta see this bizarre movie. And um, they did that for a living and they curated and they they were a movie theater that, um, you know, scheduled their films with purpose and with intent, not because of this is the new Hollywood film that you have to play for the next four weeks. You know, it was a, a curated, you know, uh, museum of cinema is how I started to see it. And so I was always inspired by that kind of environment. Um, I had gone to college in Long Beach, had a lot of friends in Long Beach, Orange County area. And we always felt that there was an absence sort of of a independent film scene down there. Lots of film lovers, lots of film students. Um, and downtown Santa Ana, which is such an incredible community that's just brimming with not just uh, artists and art, but arts patrons and people who appreciate art. 
businesses that appreciate the symbiotic relationship between business and art, you know, that conversation is very alive there. And I just thought an art house theater would be a perfect fit. Uh, the landlord of what is now the Frida five years ago, or gosh, no, seven years ago, my God, <laughs> seven years ago, um, the tenant that was there uh, was going to be uh, vacating and the landlord was looking for a good fit. Fortunately, uh, was aware of the work we were doing primarily in Long Beach, reached out to us, gave me a tour of the theater and instantly I just visualized what it could be. I saw two auditoriums, I saw room for new independent releases as well as genre classics events like Rocky Horror, community work, community involvement. Um, and just put all of my, all the things that really inspired me that some art houses do, some of the things that I wished more art houses did, you know, sweep away the things that some art houses do that I never really uh, agreed with or, or appreciated and, and create a venue that, that spoke to sort of what my, an ideal art house should, would, could be for a community like downtown Santa Ana and surrounding communities. Would you say that that is one of the things that establishes you guys and actually like makes you different compared to the other theaters around the area? I think so, because for us, it's, you know, the, we adopt, we have our own mission statement, you know, nonprofits, they have their mission statements. Ours is to enrich, connect, and educate communities through the art of cinema. But we also adopt and, and live by the uh, mission statement of the Art House Convergence, which is a collection of art houses. Um, around the country and they dedicate themselves to being a, a mission-driven community-focused institution that exists for the love of cinema and those two things are always very very important to me and so we talk about it i mean it's not just something that we just wrote on a wall and you know we we talk about it in our curating we talk about it in um the outside of the frida events that we support or get involved with the nonprofit and educational organizations that we partner with, you know, are we doing our best to be community focused? Are we supporting and or complementing our community's interests uh, and, you know, all the sub communities that exist within communities? And also, are we staying true to our mission? Are we identifying ways to stay involved? Are we identifying ways to be part of important conversations in our community? Um, are we looking beyond the Frida to find ways to provide programming and or resources um, outside of our four walls? You know, are, are our offerings diverse enough? Um, and, you know, I think it's that level of intent that sets us apart and that I think people recognize is we are not in it just to make money and to sell popcorn and sell soda. That would be the easiest thing to do. We know exactly what movies to play I and mean, we, we would be one of the movies right now keeping our fingers crossed that we get tenant earlier than later but that's not who we are right. um so I, I think that that's what sets us apart is you know i look at it as a as a cultural center i really do look at us as a museum uh where our primary art form is cinema as opposed to paintings and graphic art and photography for example although we 
we do feature those as well. Yeah, just hearing that mission statement too, it just really makes me feel that the Frida Cinema is very much devoted to the community as well as driven to supporting it. And I was also just wondering within the community, like how does the Frida Cinema not only provide a space for the community, but engages the community through like either volunteer work or internships? Yeah, our, our entire, um, so if you're at the theater on any given day, when, when we're open, obviously, um, the vast majority of the people you see downstairs are volunteers. So we have a team of four. Our staff is four individuals. Um, right. Myself, Trevor, Jordan, and Martin. The box office is run um, almost primarily by volunteers, mostly uh, college or high school volunteers that are earning credit. Um, we have a great relationship specifically with Cal State Fullerton um, as well as OSHA. And then upstairs, we have interns. And so they are more task-driven. They're the ones that are getting the credit, um, graphic interns, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a lot of mentorship and a lot of job opportunity and on-site opportunity that we offer students in the community. Um, other ways we are involved is, um, again, partnering with and identifying ways to strategically partner with arts organizations, educational groups to find avenues to help them uh, and partner with them to either spread their mission statement, spread their work, raise funds, but do it uh, using cinema as a catalyst or using the arts as a catalyst. And, and we really rather enjoy that. There's a creative element in it, which is always exciting to, to work with someone and put together um, right now we're doing a drive-in series, but we've been closed. And the purpose of that sort of complements that idea, which is we're looking at it as a pop-up roaming series. So my interest is rather than try to identify a space that we can then adopt and put on a summer's worth of screenings at, we want to hop around different communities and find parking lots and parks and you know, any place that's willing to provide some land and bring a night of cinema uh, and activate those spaces at various locations. So, you know, just in the first month that we've been doing this, we've been in Fullerton, Anaheim, Santa Ana, um, and we are having conversations right now beyond that. Um, again, it's, it's sharing that art, uh, the art of cinema, and also bringing those communities together in the experience of that art, um, you know, throughout various locations. I know when we were opening, there was a little bit, and this happens when we, as part of the art house convergence, we have this conversation a lot with different groups that are like, yeah, there was a, an element or a thought that, oh, well, no, you know, that that's a weird, I don't know that a lot of people love film in that community. Are you gonna find film lovers in that community? And like I always say, you'll find film lovers in any community. You're gonna oh, find yeah. people who have a passion for anything in every community. Um, and engage new folks who maybe don't, consider themselves film lovers and, and share, you know, some of the works of art of cinema that maybe they haven't had access to or aren't aware of. We've had a lot of folks over the last six years who have expressed one way or another that they grew to love films because of a film or two that we played that sort of struck them in whatever way right. and opened up a door and got them looking at more films or looking at them in a different way. I love hearing that. That just makes me so happy. And uh, because it is, you know, the art form that I care the most about. And um, so there is that level of advocacy as well. 
And I was going to ask too about your drive-ins too. Um, as someone that's actually never been to a drive-in, I was okay. wondering if you could almost do like a little bit of a walkthrough of what you could expect, like expect if you go into one of your drive-ins. Sure. Well, the, the most immediate thing is, you know, uh, for those of you, for those of us who did go to drive-ins in the past, you had the drive-ins where you would have like a speaker that you'd hang from your window, big old clunky metal thing. Um, <laughs> and then you had the FM transmission drive-ins and that's what we do. So the idea was, you know, right now during COVID, you know, how do we get people to safely leave their homes and take in a film without risk? And, right. you know, we closed the Frida before we were told we had to. It was very important for me when I started to see what was out there to say, hey, this is very risky. I don't want my volunteers, patrons, and staff at risk. We got to close. We're going to figure out what we're going to do. Um, and we're still closed. And even though um, technically we could be reopening right now, it's not a conversation we're having. Um, right. for That's very longer. kind on your part too. I know a lot of corporations are very much like, get back out there, you know, like we can, we can do this, we can reopen, but it's just simply not safe. And it's just that it, extra, it's that extra step. It's that line. That's the part that's been really frustrating because people will say to me sometimes, well, I mean, don't you want to open? It's like, of course, we miss it like crazy. Well, yeah. don't you guys need to make money? Yeah, we're really suffering. But A does not necessarily add up to B. There's just right. that, there's that extra line of, but it's the same thing with masks, <laughs> frankly. It's like, I don't like wearing them. I know I hate them, but I wear them, you know? So yeah. same idea is, is just because you don't, like it or it's like you know we want to open we're badly want to open we miss it we miss our community we miss the energy that that place gives us and and, and just all of it and gives our community we're just not going to do it until we're sure that it's safe to do so it's just that simple it's not worth it with the drive-ins though um the you know we looked at okay so how do we make this um as social distance friendly and also as um low movement as possible and so basically when you go to the drive-in um for one we aim to sell out early every time every time reason being is one we don't have to turn people away which is always a bummer to have to do um you know people are taking their time they're packing their car they're getting their food show up just to go home so if you can sell out early then you can just let people know we're sold out keep in mind for the next one we'll keep you posted um and two is because that way there's nothing to exchange. We're not selling tickets, right. we're not handling cash credits. They put their ticket up to the window. We have a scanner that scans the barcode. They're good to go, it checks them in. They don't even have to lower their window. They go in, um, we give them the radio station. It's already up screened, they can tune in. Um, and unless they need to use the restroom, you, you're in your car all night, bring your own food, bring your own snacks, uh, make a living room basically out of your yeah. clothes. <laughs> It's a living room on wheels, basically. Um, and we fun right there. Yeah, you know, and it's been great to see, um, you know, the idea is whoever you are already uh, quarantined with or spending time with, put, you know, come with them. So couples come mm -hmm. out, families come out, um, you know, on occasion, solo driver, that's, you know, that's fine, you know, and um, they got the radio station and then they, they watch the film. That uh, if somebody wants to come like in a pickup and sit in the truck bed or open their, their hatchback and sit in the back, we allow for that as well. We just make sure that we don't, uh, we put those special sections so they're not blocking the cars behind them. Um, but yeah, it's all, um, 
the focus is on safety. And I'd just like to remind the listeners, too, that you're listening to Local Love on KUCI in Irvine. If you'd like to check out any more show schedules, you can go to our website at KUCI.org, or you can check out our social medias, which is KUCI-FM, both on Instagram and on Twitter. If you'd like to check out Local Love's Instagram, it is Local Love KUCI, and you can check out more guests, and you can learn more about this interview now. Um, I just wanted to say, too, within your drive-in theaters, I was noticing, yeah, not only was it saying sold out on your website, but I was noticing that it was a trend of very good feel-good movies. And because I was seeing that it was Princess Bride, La La Land, and The Goonies. And I was wondering, did you guys purposely do that to really kind of like uplift the community in this kind of trying time? There's an element of that for sure. Um, Especially with the first one, with The Princess Bride, which is just, I mean... You, you you have to love it. I, I you know it's it's one of those hard movies that's really hard not to adore. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah. I mean it's it's a really hard time right now um, for everyone, and I think that you know people need to to know too. They're not alone. You know it, it's an un, it is an unhappy time, and, and I think yeah. that it's okay to say so. Um, it's a really difficult time. Um, and it's okay to be bummed out like it's very but, okay to be bummed out you yeah, know it's very okay to be the, bummed out these events like you you guys are really putting yourselves out there to really try to make the community make the best of this and I want to say you know on the behalf of the community thank you yeah. guys so much for this I appreciate that I appreciate that but I, you know and, and I can speak personally I needed the drive-ins as much as the audience I you know um the and our staff, I can, I can freely say for the rest of our staff, they needed it as well. Um, you know, we live for this and we love this and we love our patrons and we love going to the movies. We're, we're film yeah. folk, you know, and, and it, it was horrible. It's been very difficult just sitting at home. And so, you know, I, it has been as rewarding for us, I think, to work on this and to see it come to life and, you know, and, and to pour our, our time and efforts into adding more and more dates and looking at films as it has, I think, the audience that, that gets to come out. But it's been wonderful to talk to folks after the event and get their, their collective thank yous. It means the world to us, you know, and, and, you know, and to hear from folks who were like, you know, um, that was the first time I've, we've been out as a family to do anything in months, uh, to a lot of, I'd never been to a drive-in before, or my husband had never been to a drive-in before. Um, that's been really exciting. Um, but, um, you know, it, it, I could feel that same energy, especially the, that first weekend being there and just realizing, wow, this is the first time I've been surrounded by people, cars or otherwise, you know, in two months at that point when we, when we did it, you know, um, so I, you know, I appreciate that feedback, but it's, it's, that part was not lost on me and, and looking at movies that lift up the spirit, uh, you know, I think is a big part of that. Um, we do do a lot of genre films. We are hoping at one point to go back and do some horror and some genre films. We're looking for the right um, property for that because a lot of the properties we're doing events on wouldn't allow for R-rated and things like that. But no, right now, I think that, that you know, it's summer. These are the, the feel-good sort of outdoor movies that, that people love to see and, and, uh, and, you know, you can bring your whole family out for them. So... That's been a focus, yeah. And I'd just like to say we're going to take a message from KUCI. The 
opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. And welcome back to Local Love. Just to remind the listeners that we're currently talking to Logan Crow, who is the executive director and founder of the Frida Cinema. And we're just currently talking about the history of the cinema, how it brings people together, and the drive-ins that have just been uplifting the community in a time of crisis. And I was just going to ask you about your film clubs that have been founding on the website. Sure. Uh, so yeah, so the Frida Cinema Film Club is a, it's like a membership, basically, to our nonprofit. Um, you know, it's when during normal times, you know, uh, our members uh, get uh, discounts to all the movies that we play, discounts on concessions. Um, they get members only screenings that are available only to members. Um, obviously, right now we have not had um, films playing. So we try to find ways to, to incentivize our members. We might give them um, early access to buy tickets to one of our drive-ins, things like that, because uh, they do sell out pretty quickly. Um, the, what we're doing with our film club members is uh, all of our existing members plus anyone that joins while we've been closed, we're extending their expiration the number of months that we're closed. So um, we have had folks sign up while we've been closed, which has been great. Um, it's a great way to support us and stay involved. And again, we're, we are, you know, we will add the months that they weren't able to use their cards to their um, membership. They also get discounts at different sort of uh, local businesses that will take the card and give them a discount. Uh, that's one way to support us. Um, we obviously take donations as well. That's also on our site. And uh, we are a nonprofit, so those donations are tax deductible um, and, uh, and vital, especially right now. So, oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, I would say in terms of supporting us, you know, our memberships and our donations and recurring monthly donations some folks will sign up it gives you the option uh to donate up 10 bucks a month or whatever they can um it, it all adds up we we tell people all the time uh, when they write back we wish you could have given more like giving anything makes a huge impact uh, especially if you let people know that you have supported an art house uh, you know i think philanthropy is contagious so um, Absolutely. If the listeners are interested in donating to the Frida Cinema, you can find all the information at thefridacinema.org and you can find both the donation page as well as a volunteer page. And if you are interested in volunteering, I was just wondering, like, how can you do that and what can you expect your duties to be as well? Sure. Uh, our volunteers, for the most part right now, are helping out with the drive-ins. Um, at the actual events themselves, we, you know, we do have a lot of volunteer help. Um, of course, it is imperative to me that they are as safe as possible um, so we put them in um, you know physical positions where they are less likely to have to engage with anyone um, they are masked they are protected um, and you know we tell them if anyone's approaching you and they're getting able to back up you know um, if you need to pull someone in whatever you got to do but um, you know and obviously that they're not expected to work but right now, uh, most of our volunteers are working on those events, and most of our interns, actually all of our interns, are mostly working from home on uh, graphics projects and video editing projects, marketing, grant writing, things like that. So I was going to give a shout out to the blog page as well on the freedacinema.org <laughs> website. Um, I was actually checking out a couple articles before this interview, and my two favorite ones that I saw were actually both by Justina Bonilla, and yeah. it was 
10 must watch LGBT plus comedies. And I actually found Tangerine, never watched that. And I really want to go see that. Oh, it's Very, great. <laughs> really? Would you recommend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, second article, if anyone wants to give it a read, seven popular films that were surprisingly rated PG. That was another mm -hmm. really great uh, read. Did not know that Poultrygeist was on there oh. or Jaws. That was absolutely crazy to me. <laughs> it was yeah. the Spielberg touch, I think. But yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, that's changed. Yeah, Justina's great. The, the blog is uh, completely uh, contributed to by our uh, interns and volunteers. And we basically just let, you know, we'll sometimes assign things to them, but we'll let them, uh, we'll, they'll give suggestions to us. So basically, it's just a place to share their passion to film, um, write about artists that they admire or care about. We do memorials there. Um, maybe spotlight a film or two that's coming up and, and yeah, so. I also noticed yeah. too, like just sharing your passion for movies. I also saw that in your guys' live streams as well and in just mm -hmm. the uploads um, and just talking about it. I also found a couple movies through the live streams um, such as Russian Ark. That seemed like a really amazing movie that you guys yeah. are talking about. And I was wondering too, how do you guys engage the community through your live streams? Well, a couple different ways. Um, you know, we most of them are more sort of conversational in nature. So I'll talk to like the Cinematic Life, who was that episode, right? Russian Arc, um, or we'll do Q and A's with uh, uh, filmmakers after screening, things like that. Uh, we also do streamathons, which are um, sort of a take on the telethon, where Trevor, who's our programming director, uh, will sit and for ten hours straight. Um, interview different guests, people that we work with at the Frida, distributors, filmmakers, show short films, um, talk to film festival programmers, and really just sort of introduce folks to like a 10-hour sort of snapshot of a lot of the back-end work we do and a lot of what's going on in art house world and independent film world. Um, and then, you know, throughout the show, remind people that it is a streamathon and we're looking to raise funds. So, um, you know, so folks can either give online or, or text, to, text to give. Um, and we've done, I think, two streamathons now. We, we have a third one coming up. We'll announce that date shortly. Uh, but they've been a lot of fun to put together. Uh, they've provided for a lot of great conversations and catching up with folks that we've worked with. Our volunteers come on. We'll do games with them and things like that. Um, kind of anything goes. We also had a bunch of artists put together what they called the Quarantine, which I was, was asked about that. Yeah, that was really neat, and it was just that was organic. That came from the community. Um, two film lovers that are really, really big on the film, Lauren and Kaysen, reached out and said, "Hey, we um, we want to do a uh, get a bunch of our artist friends together and create um, have them contribute content." Uh, so there's like a short screenplay in there, there's poetry, there's photography, there's drawings, uh, there's a coloring page, and we put it all together into a, a downloadable PDF, um, and their intent was to sell it for $5 each, um, and to average it out so that by the time we sold enough, every artist would have raised at least $100, and I think there were 16 artists, um, so we passed that $1,600 mark, which was amazing and they honestly were like not a lot of them were like we didn't think we would hit that 100 per goal so and that was another great way to help i mean it's it's been wonderful to see how folks whether it's just a direct donation or coming up with some way to create something for us or just share our story um things like this thank you so much 
Yeah, no uh, problem. It's how an the community honor. has come together to help um, to help keep us afloat because it's you know it's as as any sort of you don't even have to be a nonprofit independent business owner knows it's a really tough time right now. Yeah, and just coming towards an end too, I was going to ask you, what are the expected goals for the Frida Cinema? Well, certainly to reopen. Um, You know, we we are enjoying the drive-ins, and I think that it's something that we had been talking about for a long time doing. We used to do a lot more outdoor events before the Frida really took off and and took a lot of our uh, much-needed focus. Um, we want to keep those going even past this quarantine. But I think right now our focus is making sure that when we do reopen, we're being very cautious that we have infrastructure and planning in place to try to make sure that we are keeping our patrons, volunteers, and staff as careful as we can, as distant and you know, as we can. We're talking about what will that first wave of programming look like. But basically, to right now, our, our primary focus is to sustain it's just, you know, we want to stay alive. We do not want to make to send out that email that we're reading more and more, you know, thank you all for years of support. Unfortunately, dot, 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 like this, the very thought breaks my heart and it breaks my heart. Every time I read one of those, we have been quite a success story for the last six years. I think given a lot of obstacles, things that have come our way and the proliferation of streaming and digital, just everything, you know, and um, we don't want this either to be the thing that brings us down. So sustaining ourselves, reopening, um, expanding our programming and, you know, continuing to do what we do, continuing to identify ways to work with the community and, and partner up in film screenings and, and, you know, be the best little our house we can be. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the show as well. It was a great honor to have you here. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Thank you so much for tuning in to Local Love on KUCI in Irvine. If this is something that the listeners are interested in, feel free to check out more information at thefreedacinema.org. And thank you once again to Logan for this amazing learning opportunity. I'm your host, Kenzie, and I'll see you all next week.